This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Kevin Graham to talk about 24 hours that shook Celtic. Kevin, we've seen some bad times over the the history of the club. Um, How bad are we at at this moment in time? Compared to recent history, uh, we're bad. Compared to historical history, I know there's only one, one such thing as history, which is historical. But compared to the early 90s, we're nowhere near that. Um, 
Look, we are bad compared to where we were three, four years ago. Um, the, the, this is when you look at the, the highs of Brendan Rodgers, his first two trebles, we have sunk quite low. And this is where a lot of the, for me, this is where a lot of the anger, condemnation, um, just general apathy is coming from uh, when you compare us to them. But if you're comparing us to where me and you grew up watching Celtic in the, in the mid-90s, uh, early 90s, and we're nowhere near that. But everything's all relevant. Everything's all... You can only compare yourselves to where you are to your recent highs and where our recent highs are. We've completely fell off that cliff. Um, and this, this is what's annoying quite a lot of people. Oh, of course, we're always going to back the team. And of, and of course, there is ways of backing the team. And maybe uh, the way that some for, uh, the way that some fans last night up some people who are who are saying who are saying that it's like been worse. Who saying I'll get on with it? We've had worse times, but we've got to take into consideration we're coming we're coming to an end of another period of domination, and a lot of people actually do see that it shouldn't be coming to a, coming to an end, especially not coming to an end this way, the way it is coming to an end, a way that a lot of people feel that it should have been stopped, um, and I think that's where we are. I think that's where a lot of the anger is. There's no point. There's no. There's no point comparing it to the 1990s. No, that I, I agree with that. We've got to deal with it on its own merits or otherwise, Kevin. And I think comparing bygone ages is one thing. We need to look at the here and now. Now, last night after the game, we had a, an extended broadcast because I did feel that the time was definitely then to make an announcement. And I mean that from Celtic's perspective. We'd been calling for an announcement for, for a number of weeks. Now, I take absolutely no pleasure in anyone losing their job. Uh, that That's the first thing I would say. I also think that when you have people like Neil Lennon, who have committed so much of uh, their career to the club, uh, with success, with a massive amount of success, Kevin, then I think it's important that if and when that time comes, that it's done properly. That, that That's the, the key thing. So is... Um, the scenes of last night representative of the entire Celtic fan base. I would like to think not. Uh, we are all frustrated. We're all angry. And the thing that frustrates me about that type of reaction is just the way that obviously that is now the story. That That is now the story, the way that Celtic have reacted, the fans, that the way that uh, they have behaved and um, they will be ridiculed and they'll be held up uh, to account for that. And that is frustrating, but I can understand the frustrations, Kevin. I mean, see, when you look at the lack of engagement from the Celtic board all season, but in particular over the last number of weeks, it's basically just been fueling the fire of people's frustrations. We're in... We're in a lockdown. Uh, everybody's finding that hard. Everything seems to be heightened and magnified as a result of that. And it's basically exploded last night. So nobody wants to see the scenes that we, we've seen. I think it's absolutely um, acceptable to have a protest. I don't have an issue with a protest. Um, we don't want that to spill in. Now, I've heard reports of uh, heavy-handedness by the police. I've heard um, the opposite of that. I wasn't there, Kevin. So I find it hard to condemn anybody who was there who can tell me different. Uh, but what I do know is, is what I have seen, um, which obviously is the video footage that everybody else has seen on here. 
And you want this situation to end with the the change that we've been calling for for weeks. But, you know, I did see some points from an Excel this morning talking about how it ended for Billy McNeil, how it ended for Tommy Burns. And I remember um, Fergus McCann asking Tommy Burns to sneak out the side door. You'll remember the story. Tommy told the story. The late great Tommy Burns, and he said, you know, no, I'm leaving out the front door. And, uh, you know, we, we still look back fondly on Tommy Burns. If, if it needs to end, and I think we're all of the opinion that it does need to end, Kevin, it's just about, um, you know, allowing Neil Lennon a, a dignified exit from the club now. Um, last night has happened and we'll deal with that but now if it's going to happen and, and if Celtic are going to make an announcement today then just allow Neil Lennon the dignity to walk out uh, because he is a Celtic man and he's given us some incredible levels of success over the years um, but change has to happen and you know I don't see there being any point I know there's logistics Kevin I know that there, there'll be um, legal issues I know all of that and that's probably happening as we speak um, do you expect the board to come out and make a statement um, on the, you know, the manager today they need to clarify a, a couple of things they were extremely quick last night to come out and condemn the supporters who turned up and indulged in some vandalism and violence against the police Um it maybe shows you the disconnect between the fans and the club now that as soon as that statement came out, there was dozens of people on social media who were actually at the protest who says that's a load of rubbish, that didn't happen. And I think that shows you that nobody, there is a massive distrust of any communication which now comes from the club. It kind of reminded me of the, of the actual situation we had a few years back more than a few years back now, right enough, at Dens Park, mm-hmm. uh, the infamous Dens Park riot, which anybody that was there, any of the 3,800 Celtic supporters that were there that night will tell you, never happened. Uh, but the club were allowed that to go out, and they seemed quite quick last night to paint the Celtic, to paint the, the protesters who did turn up as a violent lunch mob, um, which now I can't comment on that. I've only actually seen the same video as you, um, and that the, the two guys who were heavily involved in that a video have, have to, will have to deal with the consequences of the, of their actions um, of the video that we've actually seen. But when you start getting the two sides of the story, I know there's two sides to every story, but when you start getting numerous people who were at the protest coming out and saying, well, the way it's been portrayed didn't happen, no matter how ugly it looked on the videos that we have seen, then you've maybe got, unlike you, even though I've spoke about it for a couple of minutes, you can't really comment on it because you won't. Um, will, there be a, will, will there be a statement today? You would hope so for the sake of Neil Lennon, to give Neil Lennon the dignity that he actually deserves. Um, but then, this maybe should have been done weeks ago. Um, they've maybe hung on, they've maybe hung on too long. Um, they, they caused that situation last night. In my eyes, they caused that situation last night by not acting a couple of weeks ago when everything was pointing to it not, no longer working. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you, Kevin. I mean, as, as you were saying there, we've, we've had communication uh, with various people who were there, who seen the, the scenes unfolding. Um, differing views even by people who were there, you know, uh, but what's happened is the statement has come out. So for everything that's happened this season, uh, for all the disconnect 
for the poor performances on the park, for fans turning up outside the stadium at the beginning of the week with a, a peaceful protest in the form of a banner, uh, with people making their, their feelings known, Kevin, we have heard nothing, not a, a peep from the club. And after last night, the, the one thing that is um, communicated is how disappointed they are in the fans. And I think that is, is hurting a lot of Celtic fans this morning, from what I'm reading. Um, so it's all about narrative, isn't it? And uh, I think, as you said there, had they been a wee bit more engaging, we made the joke yesterday, uh, why, why don't we dial them in uh, on the broadcast? We hear nothing from the club, Kevin. We hear nothing from the club. And this is unprecedented times in so far as we all know we're not getting into the grounds. Um, but the investment has still been made. Uh, financial, emotional, the investment is still there in, in your football club and what you were hoping for and, and maybe expecting is some form of engagement and some form of communication I think that that is irking a lot of Celtic fans this morning It was quite weird this morning I got an email thanking me for my purchase for the Celtic store that I made uh, a couple of weeks ago for my dad's 70th birthday you've probably all seen the picture on Twitter with him. and I'm going you just haven't got a clue it's all right, they engage with us when they want us to buy season tickets, they engage with us when they want us to buy merchandise, but when they want us to have a say in the club, they don't engage with us whatsoever. Um, I, I was heavily involved with a, a supporters group quite a few years back in the Ronnie Dyla years, and we used to have monthly meetings with the club when... It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We, we had the banner of shame, as some people called it, on, on the upper tier. And we were getting phone calls left, right and centre from the ticket office. And, and just before every away game saying, can you take 100 tickets? Can you take more tickets here and there? As soon as Brendan Rodgers came in, they sell another 15, 17,000 season ticket holders. The engagement stopped. The actual monthly engagement stopped because they had got the money that they wanted. They had got us, they had got this extra season ticket holders, which meant that they didn't need to engage with us uh, as, a, as a supporters group. Then you get to the ticket office and the absolute farce as a home cup ticket scheme as well. And the way that tickets have been distributed, there is a certain narrative which can get peddled the supporters groups and there's some truth in it that they try to dilute the, the Celtic travelling support. They, they try to make sure that the support is of a certain uh, demographic, more representative of maybe the Johnny-come-lately season ticket holders. And that's not saying that these Johnny-come-lately season ticket holders are not Celtic fans. I'm not saying that. But Celtic seem to actually pin an awful lot of cadence and kudos onto these Celtic fans who have got more money 
than other Celtic fans. We know that's the way it works. And that annoys a lot of people. And that's always been in the background over these last three years. It's always been in the background. Success on the part masks a lot of problems. And as soon as that success goes from the, from the stadium, from the pitch, from what we're watching, all of these things boil to the surface again. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things that the Celtic board have done wrong over this period of domination. Uh, and there's been a lot of Celtic fans, and I'm on the ground with the Celtic fans. We go to the games, Paul, and we know what they've been saying, and none of them have ever been happy with the way the pub's been run, even all, even all during this period of, of domination. Mm-hmm. And the way that they've handled Neil Lennon, the way that they... I didn't want to use the word dehumanised, but the way they announced the appointment of Neil Lennon meant that, for me, he was already fighting a losing battle to the moment that he took the job. And I find that very hard to stomach. Well, you talk about engagement there, Kevin, and I think that uh, we're at a stage now where there's got to be engagement because of what has happened and the 24 hours that shook Celtic. Uh, And I think it is 24 hours that has definitely shook the club to the very core. Now, you don't want anybody to be leaving their workplace and and you don't want anyone to be leaving Celtic Park and feeling threatened uh, because obviously the way that people react to certain situations, Kevin, is on an individual basis and people uh, may have felt threatened last night. Uh, And I know that obviously the press call when Ryan Christie was uh, given some after-match uh, musings or he certainly was lined up to that, you know, the whole stadium was evacuated so that they could get out safely. So that all did happen. I mean, that, that definitely did happen. And that's down to the fact that people are trying to prepare for what might kick off. And then obviously what ensued, and we both have reports about it and we've been watching it on Twitter, um, has happened and it's all over the news this morning. So um, I think we need to try and keep in mind uh, what has gone on over the, the full season, I guess. Um, but it's escalated over the last couple of months, I think, in terms of the performances on the pitch. I'm looking at a team that, yeah, they do look devoid of confidence, they do look devoid of ideas, but they look like a team who have just downed tools, Kevin. I mean, we're playing Ross County yesterday, no disrespect to them, and the first thing we said after the match was, well done, uh, because of the way that they, they performed yesterday, the way they equipped themselves, the way the manager and the management team set the team up, and the way um, they applied themselves, and yeah, absolutely fully deserving of the win, Kevin, T- take nothing away from that, but Celtic, um, and we're going about budgets, but Celtic with the quality of the player that we think we have, and I say we think we have, because can we even say that with any kind of certainty now, because we've not seen it enough this season, you would expect Celtic to go out there and win. And this is what I was getting at last week. It wasn't taken away from Neil Lennon's responsibility in, in this um, downfall and in this demoralisation of the Celtic side. But, you know, there's a lot of people there. That there's a shared responsibility. So the players have to take responsibility. I've already mentioned the coaching staff alongside Neil Lennon, who, if Lennon goes, they all go except for Stevie Woods. And, uh, you know, that is something that people may agree or disagree with me on. But the board, there's a responsibility of the board, Kevin, and we're talking about a rot setting in. Uh, how much onus do you put on the board for where we are right now? Oh, um, all of it. Absolutely all of it. Because um, we know that Neil Lennon's going to be the fall guy, Kevin, but let's Neil, not lose sight of where this, the, the, the core of this issue is. Neil Lennon is going to be the fall guy and he is going to fall on his own sword. The players have let him down. 
because the players haven't reacted to what's been happening behind the scenes. The players haven't reacted to what the coaching staff have been telling them. I was I was having a I was pondering this this morning actually about whether the players were spineless and uh, whether Neil Lennon was right that players down in tools is an actual cliche and I was I was thinking about 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 the performances and I can't really say that the players have down tools I just say there's a malaise about them there's no verve there's no confidence about them. And that doesn't really say to me that they've down two tools. They've just lost that spark. And whatever the coaching staff are doing is not bringing that spark back. And it doesn't look like the coaching staff can bring that spark back because it's went on too too long now. It's went on for the start of the season. The board, those there's only a couple of people that can actually change the direction of Celtic Football Club. We, we can actually sit here until next year, Blair. And we can't change them. The supporters can affect what happens. No, maybe we last night, but if we stop putting money into the club, that's the only reason that any change gets made. That was the point I was making previously as well. When they didn't sell, when they only sell thirty-five thousand season tickets, their supporter engagement was fantastic. They stood up and took notice of what supporters groups were actually saying at that point. There's only two people that can make a change at Celtic Football Club. That's a major shareholder and uh, the chief executive. They're only two guys who got up this morning and to paraphrase Neil Lennon, went and washed their face, who can actually make a decision which changes the future of this football club. And is it a battle? Have they made that decision? Are they still arguing about that decision? I mean, because it looks like, it really does look like that I don't think Derma, uh, the major shareholder, Derma Desmond, made the decision to keep Neil Lennon on. I think that was a Peter Lowell decision. I think Peter backed his man completely and he's backed the wrong horse. He completely has backed the wrong horse. And this decision's three, four weeks too, actually, too late. Well, I think that's even worse than the initial appointment. Now, bear with me with this one, Kevin. So I've read a lot about Celtic fans saying, you know, we should never have appointed them and it was the cheap option. And and I I totally understand that perspective and I'm not writing it off. But what I would say um, to that view is that we won the league. We won the League Cup, albeit in very difficult circumstances. We won the League Cup. There's no caveat to that. We won it. And we are, you know, in the final of the Scottish Cup. So therefore... Last season was a success and I didn't see much in the way of complaint in relation to the way Celtic finished the season off, right? No, not at all. So, yes, he wasn't the manager that a huge amount of Celtic fans wanted as, as a permanent gaffer. Absolutely. And I think I exchanged personal messages, direct messages with people where I, I, I gave my view then. But I respect the decision and I support Celtic, whoever's in charge, right? So we've gone through that. I think the biggest crime has been this season in failing to act uh, on what's right in front of their noses, Kevin. Right under their noses. We could see it. The fan base could see it. But we, as I say, we're now in a situation where it's crisis point. Now, you get shot down for saying that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, oh, it's a crisis because Celtic drew with Aberdeen. And then we get told, oh, you've only lost one domestic game in a calendar year. You're going for a quadruple treble. You're spoiled. You're panty wetters. You're this, you're that. But that 
it is only relevant if you focus on that success. What we were trying to focus on was this malaise that you talk about, the, the loss of form, the bad signings, the disconnect between club and supporter, the disconnect between player and manager, the disconnect between manager and coaching staff. All of these things were evident to Celtic supporters and we were trying to bring these these issues up. So even if you park the idea that some Celtic fans think it was the wrong decision in the first place, and I get that and I respect that, let's just look at this season, Kevin. Let's just look at the here and now. Now, if they're only waking up this morning thinking, what do we do now? Then we're in even deeper trouble than I thought. Because when you're running an organisation the size of Celtic Football Club, a global organisation that size, then you should know what the contingency plan is and the one after that and the one after that. You can't wake up this morning and say, mm, you know, because of the riots and because the Celtic fans are unhappy, maybe we need to make this change. You know, they've already, I hope, had plans in place and for some time. Because if not, then we really are in, in even bigger trouble than I think we are at the moment. I think... We spoke about doing things right and Celtic have done things right with regards and under under Peter Law's watch. Under Peter Law's watch, we've been very, very faithful to the managers that we've had. And there's been very, I think only Mowbray. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. Would, would be the one that left uh, during the season, if, if, I, if I remember correctly. My worry, my worry is, and my worry always was, that the downsizing is going to happen after this season. And there was there was always going to be downsizing after this season because of the financial restrictions of COVID, the refunds that they're going to need to give a vast majority of the support for not getting into the stadium for for vast swathes of the season, and all the lack of fans basically being there. And my, my worry was that they reckon that Neil Lennon was the man to see us, was the man to manage that overseeing of that downsizing. It always seemed like a short-term appointment, but then I started thinking, just over the last couple of weeks, the way that they've been backing their man, the way Peter Law's been backing their man, 
I'm going, I wonder if they saw the fact that what always sticks in my mind is that statement, Neil Lennon knows a player. And that always sticks in my mind that they they put Lenny because he was a safe pair of hands and because it was the only level of financial, the only level of salary that they were going to pay out for a manager going further forward. Mind you, COVID wasn't going to happen. So I wonder, I wonder if that was that's changed that changed the thinking. I reckon they've backed him far too much, knowing well we didn't really want to make a change because making making a change is going to cost us money. The thing with the showing faith in a manager and having a, a long term plan, I think you just need to look at the contract that was offered. So it's a twelve month rolling contract. Um, and what that says to me, and because you see it a lot in football, Kevin, don't you? That it's almost non-committal. <laughs> it's like we'll give you a 12 month but we'll see how it goes and if you don't do, do so well then the compensation package isn't as big as a three year contract so it's almost non-committal I mean have they had their fingers burned from the, the the huge disaster of an appointment that Mowbray actually was because obviously there was a compensation package before he even came in for him and, he, and his staff and then before you know it he's sacked um, midway through a season and then you've got to pay him off and you've often think that when you're looking at the situation as it stands you would hope that they had you would hope that they had more faith in the gaffer um, however I think you just need to look at the contract and you just need to look at the fact that it was a, a 12 month contract I think my, my mic dropped out there for a second or two so there was no complaints maybe they were just waiting for you to come back in um, but I always feel that when it comes to the, the gaffer you know if it's a 12 month rolling contract Kevin it's very non-committal and as far as I know correct me if I'm wrong that is still the case with Neil Lennon's which means that the rolling contract would be up to May 2021 am I right? It would be, I would know. Well, it starts every day, so it will be whatever the date the day, day is the 30th of November 2021 or the 29th of November 2021. There's always a year there, as far as I um, understand how it works. It's like, it's, so, like the, it's like the football equivalent of a zero hour contract, yeah. That right, you might. So, uh, the result it always starts a year. From the following day, Martin O'Neill had a contract. He had a he had a rolling contract because he wouldn't he wouldn't sign a longer deal with him. I might be wrong there. My memory might be playing tricks on me there. Uh, initially, I think Brennan Rogers had a twelve month rolling contract as well, but uh, that was renegotiated. Um, obviously, once we seen the success that he was giving us, and also he, I think at that stage, had a plan to stay here maybe for three years. So we are now in a situation, Kevin, and I've called it 24 hours at Shook Celtic. I've asked you about your own memories of Celtic and where this ranks in terms of crisis point. I, I think, um, you know, I would love to see uh, an announcement coming out from the Celtic board. I think it's too late. I think it should have happened several weeks ago. Um, and I think you're right. I think that has actually added fuel to the fire of these Celtic fans who are so frustrated, not only with what they're seeing on the park, but the fact that we don't feel like we can affect it in any way, Kevin. You're watching it at home, if you can get logged in. You, you're watching it at home. Um, and then it's just basically came to that boiling point. Um, I think that is the point of no return. The club know where we are in, in relation to our general feeling around uh, what needs to happen. But I just do still feel, regardless of everything that I've said, I still feel that uh, to hear Celtic fans outside the ground singing Neil Lennon GTF isn't the way I, I would see Neil Lennon Celtic career finishing. 
you know, that that's not the way I would have expected to have seen Neil Lennon leave in Celtic Park for the final time, for example. I'm unsure if that would have happened if there was fans in the stadium. I think the fans in the stadium would have gave the message well before now. I reckon, I reckon this decision would have been made well before now if there was fans in the stadium and we were seeing the same performances. There's also an argument to say we wouldn't be seeing the same performances if there was fans in the stadium, but unfortunately there's not. It's up to the players and the coaching staff to handle that and they haven't done it. The performances have been ranked wrong and they need to, the board need to make that decision now. What could be the hold-up is where we go next? I don't think there's any long-term planner in Celtic. I think they're very reactive. I think um, there's... If, when you look at Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers got complete control of the club up until a certain point where the CEO started, where Peter Wall started kicking back against him. Quite rightly, because Brendan was making noises to actually get out out the club, which has been proved... But you talk about uh, Brendan getting his contract renegotiated. That got us £9 million. That got us £9 million renegotiating that contract. eh? So that actually benefited the club. But where's that £9 million? £9 million never went on replacement coaching staff. It went on a man who I will always be thankful for stepped up in that February. And I've Mm -hmm. said this plenty plenty of times. There is a book to be written about his man management between February and the end of that season because what he'd done at that period was fantastic. I says on the post-cup final podcast, uh, the Hearts Cup final podcast, that I was saying goodbye to him when he stood in front of me with that Scottish Cup and I was utterly surprised that he got the job full-time. We're at this point, when I say there's going to be a book written about his man management between February and May that year, there'll only be a book written about his man management between... August and this precise moment in time here. When you look at when you look at I call it a malaise. When you look at the then when you when you look at the lack of energy and the lack of purpose in that squad when they've got so much to play for, it's really uh, it's really really quite strange. Oh, absolutely. And I'm keeping my eye on the breaking news as, as we're on the bulletin um, because a lot of the time we don't know exactly what's happening in real time because the comments coming in thick and fast. And I'm still trying to work my way through some of the earlier ones. But uh, obviously we will keep an eye on that. And if anything happens, I'm sure that will join and enter the discussion as well. Uh, get the right management team installed, says Joe McAleer via YouTube. And the players are there to pull it together. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm going to ask you, Kevin, there's obviously a few different uh, options should the decision be made that Neil Lennon is relieved of his duties. The first thing that I would like to look at is if Neil Lennon is relieved of his duties, does that mean or do you expect John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan to also be sacked? Oh, right. This depends if it's a Peter Wall production or a Dermot Desmond production. If it's a Peter Wall the, the if it's a Peter Wall pr- production, the John Kennedy and Gavin Stratton will be in charge of the team on Thursday night and probably at the weekend. Um, if it's a Dermot Desmond production, they'll go as well, I think. Right. Uh, that's, uh, and that's just an utter gut feeling. Right. Well, on that point, Kevin, because it's a possibility, let's be honest, it's a possibility for Thursday night. If... John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan are installed on a temporary basis and I dearly hope that's not the case. 
and we put in a performance which is unlike anything we have put in this season, would that then say that they have down tools for Neil Lennon? Because John Kennedy and Strachan are already there. They're not going to give you the spark that a new management team, the bounce that a new management team can give you. I got, I got, I got slaughtered for saying that one of the conversations that the, the CEO or Dermot, or Dermot Desmond would be having would be with Scott Brown. And I got and I got slaughtered for suggesting if Scott Brown says that they've got John Kennedy and Gavin Stratton's back, that they're not the problem, then they would get kept in place. And if they'd remove Neil Lennon and all of a sudden we do get what I would term a dead cat bounce and the players all of a sudden start playing, then it's very, it's extremely it's easy to point to, easy to point to Neil Lennon being the being the problem. Easy to point to Neil Lennon being the problem. Welcome to Stephen Ray. Welcome to the show, Stephen. You're commenting on YouTube. For anyone who is watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. I mean, uh, we've been going out on a daily basis, Kevin, but the way things are going, it might have to be multi-times a day because if, if, you know, if something's announced at some point today, we're going to have to come back on uh, so that we can get the Celtic fans' views on it. So we'll definitely be doing that. Uh, Lennon's record this season is currently worse than Mowbray's and slightly better than McCarry. Good will in the bank only gets you so far, but we're out of the uh, Champions League, Europa League and the League Cup and possibly the League. This is the thing, um, you know, when we're talking about the goodwill. And I was asked the question last week as well, and it's a very good question, Kevin. You know, has he got goodwill in the bank? A massive amount. It's a big bank of goodwill that, that Neil Lennon has. And I think you've seen that. Uh, being someone who has viewed the situation day in, day out on the Axon Bulletin, if you ever do say something against Neil Lennon up to the last couple of days, the amount of people who were, who were vehemently against your view that, that support Neil Lennon to the nth degree. So, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're right, Stephen Ray. I totally agree with you. Goodwill in the bank only gets you so far, and I think that goodwill... Um, is gone. It's, it's gone now. Now, interestingly enough, his record this season, currently worse than Mowbray, slightly better than McCarry's. Going into the game against Rangers, it was at, if you're looking at his tenure, second time round, Kevin, his win percentage going into that Rangers game was better than any other tenure of our Celtic manager in the history of the club. It was about 80%. Now, that was 10 games ago. And obviously it's a lot worse than it is now. But that shows you the rapid decline in the performances and the results over the last 10 games, does it not? It does. It does. And what you can probably say, it did start with the defeat to Rangers. And the comprehensive defeat to Rangers. Uh, the meek defeat to Rangers. Um, so whatever that's done to the confidence to the, confidence to the squad and to the side, the coaching staff haven't been able to pick us up since that. And we have had a tough run of games, but there's been so many games that have been really, really winnable. They've been winnable in the past with the, the players that we've got. Um, a lot of these stats, I'm sure Neil's overall winning percentage is still very high. I'm still, I'm sure it'll probably still be over 70%. And folk will go, oh, you're sacking a manager with a one rate of over... You're, you're wanting rid of a manager with a one rate of over 70%. Well, there's something wrong when you have a look at the players. There's something wrong, and they're either down tools, which I think is a cliche, 
but there is definitely not a spark in that dressing room and it doesn't look like Neil and the coaching staff can actually bring it back. It's went on far too long now. As I said yesterday, I do I, I do think that the Celtic fans are not knee-jerk. We're not, we don't make knee-jerk decisions. And if we had went out yesterday after hitting the post five times, having 35 shots on goal, their keeper having a world, worldly, we would have went, fine, that is football. That is actually what has happened. If we had got beaten off Sparta Prague at home, after giving a decent performance, where they went, fine, that's what happens in football. It's the way that the defeats and the draws have been actually happening. It's it's a general, it's a snowball effect. We seem to be getting worse and worse as we go along. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, 80% going into the Rangers game, 20% win rate since then. Uh, So yeah, although the overall rate will be high, Kevin, you've got to deal in the reality of that. How are we going to get out of it? Neil Lennon has tried implementing new shape, uh, new personnel. We've brought in six players. Um, there's a Lennon board meeting. We're getting an update on Sky Sports as we speak, although I can't hear it. Um, so anyone who is watching that, please keep us updated on the comments section because uh, Sky Sports are outside Lennox Town as we speak. He and Charles Patterson is reporting uh, with an update. He'll be there all day, I guess. Um, now, couple of comments coming in. Dendo 18, scandalous if there is no plan in place. Kevin, it was yourself that said that. Um, I would be amazed that, you know, at this level of any establishment, be that a sporting institution such as Celtic or a big business elsewhere in a different sector, if there was no plan. Um, however, there's a lot of Celtic fans out there who have lost their faith in those who make the decisions at the club. Um, if there is no plan, then would you then look at heads rolling above Neil Lennon, as David Stalker suggests. So, look, I don't think Celtic are an attractive proposition for anybody to buy into, um, unless we move leagues. Um, I think you have to look at the two times where Desmond has really got involved, and that ended up with Martin O'Neill, and well, it ended up with Gordon, the three times in, it did end up with Gordon Stratton as well. And it also ended up with Brendan Rodgers. I'm sitting here praying that Brendan, eh, no Brendan, maybe that, 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 that's a Freudian slip of the tongue there. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here praying that Dermot Desmond comes in again and looks to the long-term future of the club and makes the right decision over the next 24, over the next 24 hours on Sky. Uh, I'm just reading that comment that you've just put up there. Um, it's... If they don't, then they're basically burying their heads in the sand and hoping everything works itself out. Looking beyond the utterly depressing scenes uh, last night on the park and after the game, if the board have met this morning, Kevin, in one of their infamous Zoom calls, and it's business as usual, what is holding them back from making a decision? I mean, they can see as clear as we can see that this is unravelling to a disastrous level. What is holding them back, Kevin? Why is this decision not being made? Can there be anything that I'm missing here? Why is uh, the Celtic board presiding over the absolute decimation of what we have built over the last decade and even further, further beyond that? 
it seems quite unusual that they're, that they're backing their man this much. At, at this precise moment in time, it probably seems like Ian Brown's going to be the face of the COVID vaccination before they'll sack Neil Lennon. Uh, it's, un, it's unbelievable that they're still backing their man to this degree. And it makes me it makes it makes you wonder. It just makes you me sitting here in my kitchen. So it makes me wonder: is what we're not getting told? That's what I'm getting what are, at. What are the reasons that they won't make this decision? Why come out and tell us why? Do they believe once everybody's back and we've virtually got a full squad now, apart from James Forrest and uh, Mikey Johnson, um, is? Are they really believing that Neil Lennon can actually turn that squad round? Are the squad telling them, look, we're behind this man, but this, this, we, we can sort this out? Because none of us are actually seeing it. No. I mean, even then, Kevin, even if you're going to the, the playing staff and they're saying that we're right behind them, and what reason are they given for their poor performances then? You know, it's not as though they don't have a platform to perform. I mean, what is the reason? I know we've been decimated by injuries. I know we've been decimated by the corona illnesses. But come on, we've still got a squad. If you want to look at their value, if you want to look at the investment that the Celtic fans have made um, in the squad, because it is the fans that are making that investment, particularly during these times where we can't go and see the team and we can't even see the team on the link, then what is the reason? If they're going to come out and say that there's no issue, what, what is the reason then? Because I'm not buying that. Are they giving them to the cup final? Are they giving them the chance to win the treble? I says that a couple of weeks ago. That was the only thing that can stick in my mind now, the reason that, that, that he's not gone today. They want to give them to the cup final. Or either that, we can go back to for, uh, one of the boards knowing that Leaks says on Friday on Radio Scotland that there's a plan in place for January. And they're going to give them to January. Kevin, I, I, I throw a lot out uh, just for opinions, um, you know, theories and, and different views. And I, I want to hear people's thoughts. And I did say to you the other day there that I'm pretty sure there would be a plan in place, although I'm doubting there's any plans in place now uh, for January. For example, if there were was a squad ravaged by injury, bad signings and COVID, right? So we're, we're at that stage. And there must be a budget in place just in case we need a new goalie and a new centre-half and a new right-winger and a new right-back. I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a plan in place. And I said to you, you know what? Would we not be better investing in a coaching staff between now and the end of the season? Um do you think that would be considered by the Celtic board? And if so, do you think any of the managers that you fancy that you've seen their names like the rest of us could work with the current squad? Of course they could. No, to, to such a point where we can turn this round. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that the quality in that squad would, would react to maybe a different voice. As I mentioned yesterday Gary Holt saying that his job at Livingston had just ran its course. Uh, Pep Guardiola I was very surprised that Pep signed another two year deal with Man City because he was another advocator of players only listen to you for a certain amount of time then they switch off I, I thought we were in that situation situation with Neil it seems that the board disagree <laughs> it seems that the board disagree they, they're absolutely they're absolutely 
burying their heads in the sand and backing backing near man to get them out get them out of this hole and it's to hell with any ramifications that's actually happening. Now let's think back a, a, a little while to uh, the praise Celtic were getting for keeping a hold of all their top players. Uh, I say that in inverted commas at the moment because there's several of them not performing like top players, Kevin. Players have chucked it not simply because they kneel, says one of our um, viewers on Facebook, but because they didn't get the moves they wanted. That's a strange one, isn't it? Because you're, you're keeping guys like Edward, you're keeping Christie, uh, you're keeping Ayer and then Cham. Now, I use the four names because I know there was interest or uh, there's contract talks that um, aren't on the table and all this. So they're the four guys that I think... As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, we're in the, the line of perhaps moving elsewhere, Kevin, and we were able to keep them all at the club. Now, there was no complaints from the Celtic fans when we kept them all at the club at the time, and that's understandable, right? So I'm not having a dig at Celtic supporters. But since then, the performances, for the most part, um, as a collective of some of those players, have been so far from what we know they can do. So I'll use Edward as, a, as an example, because Neil Lennon has actually name-checked Edward a couple of times, talking about, you know, his head's been turned because of the transfer speculation, etc., we're talking about downing tools. There's a lot of cliches flying about downing tools, losing the dressing room. Eduard's not playing to, his, to what we know he can, his capabilities, right? Um, do you think it gets to the point where players are just, you know, they're just basically willing the time away until January and then they'll push uh, through their agent for, for a move? Let's, let's try to put it in a simple man terms. Say you hand in your notice at your work and you've got to work six weeks' notice. When do you start winding down? As soon as you hand in your notice, you start winding down. You do the bare minimum that you've got to do, then you move on to the, to the next job. That's what 80-90% of the public do uh, in normal jobs. So why should football players be any different? Why should they? If they know that they're going to leave, then they're, they're on the wind down. Let's have a look at this. And even though Winning a 10th title in a row is massive to us. Winning a quadruple treble is massive to us. These players are just looking at it going, they're still young enough to not look back on it. They're still looking at the future. They're still looking at the next move. They, they haven't really had time to digest what they've actually said, where they are how lucky they are to be at Celtic Football Club and what they've achieved at Celtic Football Club. Next thing they're looking at is their next challenge. There's no challenges left at Celtic for them. Well, there's, there's, a big challenge, there's a big challenge this morning. And if they don't feel loved or being developed or the, the place is not, a, Celtic Park, Lennox Town is, not, is no longer a decent place to work, then of course it's going, it could affect the whole 
the culture vibe in the squad, and I think we're seeing that. I think I, I think there's just a malaise about the place. I See when there's a void. When you use that as an example, Kevin, you know, handing in your notice and working down your notice, etc. Is it just me romanticising it? It surely can't be the same with football because there's such a, a personal attachment to a supporter and a fan base that invests heavily their own cash in their team that, you know, there's certain jobs where, and you may or may not have been in one yourself, but I, I can think of certain jobs, Kevin, where there's there's a public service element to that where you, there's a pride in the, in the job that you're you're doing. So even if you're given six months notice or months notice, you would still go there and equip yourself uh, and put in a hundred percent. Is that just a romantic notion that that still exists in football? Because you know at the end of the day, the game's gone if that's the case. Because we've got quite a few players in that boat. I think it is a romantic notion. It's a notion that we all want to believe, Paul. And I don't think it exists. I've spoke to enough football players uh, over my time to know that they just see it as a job. And I've spoke to an ex-Celtic captain who, who says it was just a job to him, even though his family were massive Celtic fans. He had been playing football every weekend since full time since he was 16. And he just saw it as a job. And I'm go- and I find that very difficult to compute for myself. It was like the it was like the first time I went for a meeting in Celtic Park, and like there's offices and there's boardrooms. It's like seen behind. It's like seen Narnia and God, but this is just a workplace. No, uh, you you, you uh, see uh, the car park yesterday. Uh, no, yesterday, sorry. You seen the car park last week on Friday uh, when I was up at Celtic Park, and it's full. It's totally full. It's, full. it's just it's just a workplace. It's just a place that people go to work and that there'll be people and I mean, none of the Celtic staff deserve to be abused who are just going in there to do their job. And it's, but it'll be like a normal workplace. They'll have guys phone, guys and girls phone out with each other. There'll be HR issues. There'll be, oh, he's not working. He's not working for him. He's doing this. He's doing that. And it kind of ruined the magic for me that time when I walked through the offices and I was going, I didn't want to come. There was offices in the back of the stand. I just wanted this to be a magical place where magic happens, where fairy tales are born, but this turns out as just like a, an office with a football pitch in the middle of it. Yes, well, that's one way to look at it. Um, Facebook comment coming through, get the appointment correct, we can go on a run and put pressure on the other mob. And I think the reason We're I'm bringing this up... We, we, we do, we do, but there's a lot of different... Um, areas of that that you need to start questioning and one of them is what we've just discussed there if you've got let's say four players um, who are angling for a move Kevin that doesn't change regardless who the gaffer is no it doesn't but the new gaffer can come in and if he's got the right motivational tools he can say to them look you get you get us over the line and we'll be extremely easy to deal with in the summer but then you know, it, depend, it depends. It depends on what gaffer that they bring in, right? My fear, if it's a Dermot Desmond production, it's Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane, right? Mm. Which for me would only be short term. That would mm. only be a short term deal. But if you bring in a longer term manager, then I would expect that manager he would maybe go to those four players. I'm quite happy for you to leave in January so I can build my own squad. Because I've got assurances that I'm going to be here longer term. I'm going to be here far longer than you. Whereas, whereas if it was Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane, um, Gordon Stratton or whoever else has been named as a short term gap, 
then you're trying to convince the players to actually stay for the good of the jersey. And I don't think that'll work anymore. I've seen O'Neill and Keane's names being mentioned time and time again on this broadcast, Kevin. Do you honestly think that's where we are? Do you honestly think that the the uh, scope of you know imaginative thinking amongst the Celtic board takes us down that route? Is that where we are as a club? Because you know, for me, that's a massive uh, a massive risk. Now, I said yesterday talking about taking risks, management risks at this level, at the Peter Lowell or sorry Peter Lowell level. They've sometimes got to take a risk, but that that isn't even a calculated risk for me. If you if you appoint someone like Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane, that you're just that, that's not going to work. I can explain my feelings as to why I think it's not going to work. I mean, I think everybody on here probably agrees with me. I, I mean, I'm not the voice of the Celtic support. I don't try to be, but that I mean, really, is that all they've got? Is that the only idea they've got? This is going to sound really, really flippant but we're talking about Neil Lennon losing his job. That shows you the height of ambition and forward thinking that is already there by the decision makers. I think that answers your question, that there is probably a high, not odds on, but there'll be a short favourite that you're going to end up with a Martin O'Neill or a Gordon Stratton. Well, you know, when you're looking at, you, you opened up the, the show today talking about history and it's always important to look back and Celtic is built on a, a tradition and, and a history and um, it's one to be proud of, Kevin. Uh, when we look back on the appointment of Neil Lennon, we can all remember where we were when we heard that Neil Lennon was appointed permanently after the Hearts game. And um, But history will tell us that he's won a double, potentially a treble. I think this season is what it's all about. Uh, we keep going back to his appointment being wrong at the time. Whatever was wrong about it, you know, it, it still worked last season. Mm-hmm. It's this season that I'm focusing on. It really is this season. And surely they're watching it as Celtic fans, as I know they are. You know, the, the people that we're talking about. I know that Peter Lowell is a Celtic fan, Kevin. Um, and I know that there's a lot of detractors on today talking about him. But surely he's watching that as a Celtic fan. And he knows, not today, not last night, but weeks ago, that there was a potential that this day would come. And the day has come. So they're no waking up this morning scrambling about for ideas. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that at that in that position, at a club the size of Celtic and a business the size of Celtic, Kevin, that this has already been considered some time ago, not just this morning. And they've got more on the, their um, notepad of alternatives than Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane. You look at the you look at what's happening just now. It seems to me that they've got one horse and they're backing that horse. You look at the narrative that's went out in the press today, and you look at the certain cheerleaders. They're now getting called cheerleaders. There's guys that Celtic fans are backed when they've been slagging other clubs and that, but they're now they're cheerleaders. And I'm not going to name them because everybody knows who they are. And the narrative seems to be, this is a gross overreaction for a blip. This is a gross overreaction. We've only lost one cup tie in 35. We've got a cup final coming up. If we win our games in hands, if we win our, game, if we win our game, games, games in hand, it's only five points. We've still to play Rangers three times. There's still 24 games left. Uh, a cup defeat was always going to happen. This is, this is a gross overreaction. You saw it all last night on social media. You saw it with fans of other clubs chipping in. You saw it with esteemed ex-pros, journalists, stuff like that, all chipping in with that. 
The board seems to have that mentality. Those making the decision, if they're saying at the moment it's business as usual at Celtic Park, well, it is lunchtime, maybe they're all away for their lunch or something like that, business as usual. If it's all business as usual at Celtic Park, then you can't get away. If they think everything's fine. It'll all work itself out. And that is shocking. And that is terrible. Well, it's not going to work itself out because what no, happens no. is you you start looking at an idea um, and at the time it was an idea that, that not everyone shared that Neil Lennon was not the man to lead us through this season. So you implement this way of thinking and you're shot down and you're said that it's a, a harsh reaction and what he's done for the club. And if you do that after the Ferenc Varos game, as one of our pundits did, you're shot down for it. You're ridiculed for it. And that, you know, that's everybody's kind of like, um, you know, that that's their prerogative. If that's the way that they want to react to anybody's opinion or view, Kevin, then it gets worse and you're, you're, you're basically stripped to pieces against Rangers. And what happens is you get some people coming in with some very, very, um, interesting and you know sensible points talking about the the team we were able to put out against Rangers that day and the fact that you had to play young Welsh at centre half with uh, you know apparently had to play Clamalla up front. It's a decimated Celtic side through injury and through illness. We've got Shane Duffy playing with abscesses having just been removed in his mouth. Julien's on a treatment table. Forrest is on a treatment table. Eddie and Christy and they're missing through COVID. The ball and golly gate, all this kind of stuff. So you take all that into account, but after the Rangers game, if you say Lenny's not the man to take us through this season of all seasons, you're shot down. And then it gets worse. And that was 10, 10 games ago. And then when it comes up to the point where I start thinking like that, which was Pataudry, half time at Pataudry, Kevin, I'm thinking, no, this is, you're right. This isn't going to work, you know, because the players are coming back and the illness, um, you know, that struck certain players is no longer there. And, and then, as you say, who we got missing? James Forrest and, and Mikey Johnson. Is that it now? Is that the only two players we've got missing? So are they going to come in and turn this whole thing around? Because by the time they come back, the rot has definitely set in. People are calling it a malaise. It's a rot. You know, you watched that team yesterday. And when Ross County scored, you just knew we were not going to turn it around. Oh, the performance that we had seen up to that point was a carbon copy of the performance from Easter Road. There was no cutting edge. There was no penetration. Uh, there was no thought thought process. You're looking at the bench, you're thinking, Callum McGregor dropped. Callum McGregor was dropped. Tommy Roderick starts. And, and then you, you're looking at the decision-making process of the management team. You're looking at the performances of the players. And then today, we're looking at a reaction. We're expecting a reaction from the board. And that reaction doesn't happen. So there is a collective blame. But the only way to change it, you're not, you, you know, we're not at a stage where we can completely change the board. Uh, I can see that Nicholas Sturgeon now is talking about the, I, I believe, talking about what happened last night. Uh, certainly it's been uh, used with fan footage coming up on the screen. So please keep us updated on that. I know that there's been a statement from Police Scotland. Um, but again, as soon as as you see the scenes last night, Kevin, you start thinking that they'll be all over it. You know the press will be all over it. You know that. Uh, you know that politicians will be all over it because we're looking at a situation where we're trying to get fans back in stadiums. They'll use that as a stick to hit you with. We know that. That's exactly what they're, they're going to do. Um, we're expecting Celtic will, it. Celtic will use that as a stick to beat us with as well. When we go, why are we not getting back in the stadium? They'll just kick it back off oh, what happened that night after Ross County. That's why you're not getting back in the stadium. And Celtic will use it to their, their own ends as well. 
what, what's no, what's no, they use, they use Dundee, they like, they like putting black marks against the support. They do, that's what they do. They, they haven't got our back, the same as what we've got the team's back at times. The, the, the board and the folk that run the club haven't got our back. Just to let everybody know who enjoys a Celtic State of Minds broadcast on a daily basis is that we do have uh, myself monitoring the comments uh, on a live basis. Uh, we would have someone doing it more permanently, but unfortunately with travel restrictions, we're unable to have them in the office, uh, in the studio. But we are aware of some of the, the putrid kind of con- comments that are coming through. We've had to put up with them even since Friday uh, for having the audacity to talk about your football team on the telly. Kevin and and the abuse you get for that I just think people need to be aware I can take that level of abuse Kevin absolutely but there's plenty of people out there who can't and folk need to be really wary of um, how harmful these comments could possibly be to people uh, online and that's one lesson I've learned over the last few days so uh, be rest assured that we are aware if some of the comments coming through we'll be removing as many of them as we possibly can Kevin you look as though you're frozen but maybe you're just um, there we go right Francie Delbelieu Wenger how or Hughes in that order of preference now Mark Hughes is a name that's cropped up over the last few days maybe it was me that mentioned them Kevin um, and I think the Celtic support are kind of divided on that one but I think the, the, one of the biggest reasons for bringing his name up was an, an example of the type of manager who's out of, out of business at the moment um, who's got a huge amount of experience in the English league um, I'm not saying he's definitely the man for a Celtic job there's plenty of options is what I'm trying to say. There are many, many options out there. It's still an attractive proposition. And, um, you know, surely the Celtic board aren't fearful that we can't get somebody better than what we've already got in terms of a coaching team. Funnily enough, you mentioned that uh, I was unfortunate enough to catch 45 minutes of Crystal Palace against Newcastle on Friday night. And it's a dreadful game of football, but I found myself watching the way Newcastle were set up and how there was no space between the lines, how all the how all the players knew their jobs, were working for each other. Uh, it was a dreadful watch. I'm looking at a, a player like John Joe Shelby, and I'm going, wow, he kens his job. He's doing a great job in that Newcastle side. And I'm going, is that how low that I've actually went? That I'm having a look at a Steve Bruce, Bruce team who are utterly negative, actually been quite impressed with the way that their tactical is set up. So that got me thinking that there's probably as managers out there who can set your team up, no problem. It's how you set your team up the Celtic way. Um, it's how you set this team up a Celtic way. I'm not saying Steve Bruce or Mark Hughes or anybody like, anybody like that. I think there's been a drop in standards at Celtic Park, I think. There, there has to be a spark, and oh, fun enough, spark. Mark Hughes, Sparky, eh? that was his nickname. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a sign. Maybe, maybe that was a sign actually. Um, aye, moving on. Uh, but there is managers out there. There'll be managers beating down the door. There'll be Peter Wall's phone will be red hot, and now we we agents phoning Peter Wall going, "Have you considered this guy? Consider that guy?" Mm-hmm. And for folk to say nobody will take the job, I folk will take the job. Manager will take the Kevin, see, this is the point. I could throw you a name. I could throw you a number of names, right? And people will, will shoot them down. Um, why would he leave? Why would he take the job? Money. 
money. That's what it comes down to. What's Neil Lennon's salary? I was having a look just online. Um, obviously, I don't know the the exact um, figures of anyone's salary, but there are some very uh, reputable sites out there, not necessarily football sites, that give you an idea of um, a football manager's salary. And, you know, it might shock you when you see somebody like, and I'm not saying we're going to appoint him before I get shot down again, Kevin, R- Roberto Martinez, uh, and you look at someone of that level and how much they're making. Um, and you then compare that to how much Neil Lennon makes at Celtic. The, the, the disparity isn't even a clamala. And we, we seem to buy one of them every single year and waste money on signings like Soro, who we've barely seen, or, or Bio, or Kuasi, and the list goes on and on and on. And it's about being a wee bit more smarter and efficient uh, with the whole makeup. Now, that goes to boardroom level, Kevin. You know, I'm not slagging off even a recruitment team or, or the manager for any of that. That's money wasted. Let's invest that in a manager. Let's invest that in a manager um, of that ilk, of that level. Um, are they available? There's plenty available. Why are they out of a job? Because that's football. It doesn't mean say they're a bad manager. No. I mean, there's plenty of guys who are great managers who are, who are out of the game at the moment. Um, and I just feel that if it's a status quo due to the, the lack of ideas um, on the, the part of the Celtic board, then they have already gambled up to now and they're gambling even more on this most historic of seasons. You can't say the fact that there's nothing been done the fact that Sky Sports are actually saying it's business as usual, you've got to you've then got to suggest that they believe that everything's going to be fine. They 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 actually do think everything's going to be fine, and that is that is terrible. And they've never thought about this situation actually coming about. There is managers out there. There is managers out there would beat beat Peter Lawler's Dorden for for the Celtic manager's job but they would probably chuck Peter Lawler out at the same time because they would want full control of the football club precisely precisely they would, they would, they would throw if, you, if you're spending £2 million a year on a manager then here you'll be going well I'm not going to work with a chief executive who sends me a sorrow a Kamal or a shred and no that, 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 that's not happening eh? and you can probably have a look right back to the fact is we can all we can all Wonder why Brendan Rogers wanted to go to China. We all knew Brendan Rogers was working his ticket, but there was a reason that he was working his ticket. And there is a decent argument to say that the way our club is, the people who run our club, or one person who run our club, chased Brendan Rogers down the road to Leicester. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good point because, as you say there, you've got to relinquish some of that level of control, Kevin, if you want to get in a manager like that who wants to implement a whole change in culture at the club. Uh, and I think that's what Brendan Rodgers was trying to do. Uh, and I think you've encapsulated the situation perfectly well there uh, when you've explained it. Now, free the bench, a couple of sexy names, high-profile names. High-profile doesn't always get your results. But on the flip side, we're seeing names like Gordon Strachan. Um, wouldn't surprise me. You wouldn't be my choice. But I'm just thinking, did I ever think that Strachan and McGee would be the Celtic uh, management team to see us towards 10 in a row? Come on. Zinco, Vix, eight seven five four. Please, I've just had a vision in my mind there. Um, Kevin, oh. com- compose yourself. Compose yourself. Um, now, yeah, I, I do agree with Chris Murray. Gordon Strachan is a real manager. He absolutely yeah. is. Um, you look at Gordon Strachan prior to coming to Celtic. I'm no waving a flag for Strach, by the way. Um, but you remember his career in management before Celtic. 
It was unspectacular, wasn't it? And there's a lot of managers like that as well who have got a lot of English football experience. You say the names and you get shot down. I've said Alex Neil previously. I've seen him mentioned. Um, you know, a few of the guys here are conversing about people like Mark Hughes, over 500 games in the EPL, international management experience, but he wouldn't do a better job than Neil Lennon. Has he got a better track record? Has he got a better track record than Strachan did when he got the job? I mean, I mean come on. From what I can remember with Hughes, I can't really remember how he done with Man City. Uh, but I can remember his Stoke team, and I think he got Stoke three ninth place finishes, top half finishes. Now, everybody says if you can do it on a wet Tuesday night in Stoke, then you can do it anywhere. Eh? Uh, to paraphrase that messy thing. Going back to Gordon Stratton, right? Stratton is a decent manager. Stratton's last job was with the Scotland national team where he had a lot of the Celtic players already there. And their Celtic players played for Gordon Stratton in, for, uh, for Scotland Day. Eh? So it wouldn't be it would have been a surprise package Stratton coming in for those players. Eh, it would somebody that they already know. We spoke to Gordon, was it at the beginning of this year? Was it this January. 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 It's been a long year, mate. Uh, hasn't it? Half, eh? And he says that he had no interest to in getting back into uh, football management. And why? What was his reason? Can you remember his reason? I can't remember. Because he was sick of dealing with board members. Ah. He was at an age where he was sick of dealing with board members. So if you take everything you've just said, because you've just... You know, you've just sparked a wee memory in my mind. Take everything that you just said there in relation to the challenges of any big name or high-profile manager coming to Celtic. The challenge will be dealing with board members. Now, that that is a challenge at any club, but to the level of the Brennan Rogers situation, Strachan has already says I'm not interested in that. He doesn't need it in his life at this stage of his life. I don't think Strachan would come back. As, as I say, I remember that conversation, but I couldn't remember what he, what he actually says, why he wouldn't get back in, but would he come back in as well over Neil? He's very he's very faithful that way. Um, he is very faithful that way. He, he might not like the way that he would get the job, and it would only be short term. Stratton wouldn't be the long term solution. Stratton would only be there for a period of time to the end of the season. So maybe that would placate the fact that he wouldn't really need to deal with board members because he's got one He's got one uh, job. His job's not to rebuild the club. The, the job is to actually steady it, stop the malaise and get us over the line. So he wouldn't really need to deal with the board members longer term. Michael the boy, welcome back to the show. Uh, you're commenting on Twitter. Did they not look at applications for three months before they gave it to Lenny? Sometimes there's flippant comments, Kevin. And I sometimes don't know whether or not these things happened, but... One of the comments I'm going to talk about around about the um, appointment of Neil Lennon back in May 2019 was the, uh, he's just been offered the job in the showers. I'm not sure if that happened. I really, I, I've got my doubts. But the other one that, that was made, the other comment that was made around about that time is there was a drawer full of applications and they're not even going to bother looking at them. Do you believe that? If there was a drawer full of applications, surely the, the cleaners would have took pictures of them. <laughs> Surely, <laughs> if there was a draw through applications, um, I don't know. Of course, there would be applications for the Celtic job. They, they actually think we're buttoned up the back. Well, I think they actually do think we're buttoned up the back. But of course, there's going to be applications for the Celtic job. Of course, there's going to be agents phoning 
the club going, my, my client's interested in that. And if they haven't made any other phone calls apart from to Martin Riley, who is Neil Lennon's agent, to say, oh, you're the only guy for the job, then that, that, that's wrong. That is completely wrong. That's a dereliction of duty, which we says quite a few times last week. Yeah, we did say that, Kevin. But, um, you know, when I look up at Sky Sports and the breaking news ticker tape all day is all about how bad the Celtic supporters are, you, you think they've played a blinder. How the hell did that happen? You know, we're sitting here after getting knocked out for Ross County, two wins in ten, worst record since the 50s, the whole season's going up in smoke, and it's the Celtic fans that are on the ticker tape. No, 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 it's just... See, it's ended, right? The, the run's ended. And I remember saying last year, uh, the game against Hubs, the semi-final against Hubs last year, how would we want this to end? How would we, how, how would we want a... How would we want a cup defeat to happen? Because we all knew it was going to happen. We can't even win everything forever. That was that was always going to I be. I visualised it in the next round against Alawa and Peter Grant getting down and blessing himself after they scored the winning goal. I think I could have taken that. Last night I didn't see that coming. You did. I did. I, I really, I think I think there was a bit of like a bit of coincidence, a bit of history. The fact is, Ross County were the last team to beat us in a cup tie over ninety minutes. Right, so it should bookend the whole story then, and let's move on. Exactly. Bookended. It's been it's been a perfect full stop to a, a, a glorious chapter. And I think sometimes I've just got to look at. It. I'm actually quite okay with the way it ended because it was going to end at one point, but we've been on, but we've been on, but we've been on a horrendous run of form. We got put out to a side that actually deserved it, and there's no side I've got any beef with. And it wasn't a cup final and it wasn't a semi-final. They did deserve it, but we went out with a whimper, didn't we? I mean, well, see, when a, Yeti, when a Yeti hit that post and it's maybe just a reaction and turns around and smiles, you're kicking the screen, man, honestly. Especially when it's taking you 27 minutes to get into the stream and you end right. up watching it on his goal and there's this big white smile. You're thinking, I'm not smiling. Was anybody else smiling on a Celtic state of mind? Probably not. You said something last week, it got me thinking, Kevin, because sometimes that's what, you know, people throw things out there and you do consider it. But Ben Clifford has said, if Maloney came in with Strachan, then it's a different story. You said the same, did you not, about Martin O'Neill? Because obviously there's a lot of Celtic fans completely writing off the idea of Martin O'Neill and Gordon Strachan. But how big a part does the coach play in this? Massive, massive part. Because the manager is, he is the, the, the kind of figurehead, isn't he? Uh, and that's fine. But I mean, even when you, you speak to players who were involved in O'Neill's team, the coach day to day was the man that the players worked with. And then Martin O'Neill would maybe come in on a Thursday before a game, you know, and then he would, he would appear before a game in a dressing room. Sometimes he would Im- implement changes, even to shape Kevin, that they hadn't discussed all week. And the coach was the man day in, day out who was working with the players. And I think that's Maloney, isn't it? That's, a, that's what Maloney brings to the table. If you then have that figure point who's dealing with the press and dealing with all the other issues regarding players, etc., then it becomes more of a palatable uh, option, although I'm not saying it's what I want. Brendan Rodgers is walking about naked without Chris Davis. That, that goes if it's a NATO or a team. What but, a thought. It's true, though. Chris Davis, how many times did we see Chris Davis making the changes? 
or found Brendan standing there and Chris Davis comes down and goes, this is what you've got today. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the modern game where there's such an emphasis on shape, tactics, drilled, the, play, the, the players are drilled to within an inch of their lives. You see it with, with games that you watch. I mentioned that Newcastle game. You can actually see what Newcastle do in training. You can actually see the, the way that they work in training. So whoever the coach, I don't know who the Newcastle coach is, uh, but it's a coaching team. It is an absolute team now, and the manager's got to have trust in the guys behind them. You've mentioned Mark Hughes. Mark Bones went, went with Mark Hughes everywhere that, where he's went. Uh, Mark, Mark Bones quite highly rated as well. So would Hughes be the same if it Mark Bone? Would Hughes no. be the same if out like you, you see these teams that go around with each other? You, you had a, you had a look at um, Martin O'Neill, Walford Robertson went with him everywhere. Uh, Walford uh, also went to Bolton with Neil Lennon. I forgot all about that. Something what came into my head there. Um, so that you have got these teams that go about. Gary Parker went with Neil with, with Neil as well. You look at Ronnie Dyler, John Collins was forced on Ronnie Dyler. Uh, John Kennedy was forced on Ronnie Dyler as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem to work, does it? When when this when this sort of happens, every 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 coach has got their own agenda. And let, let's have a let's we can only we can only we can only put meat on the rumours of what we know of what we what we've been told. And John Kennedy is a very progressive coach. If you're looking at a black, black and white, Neil Lennon is not a progressive coach, and that, and he's already admitted that himself. So are they two ever going to actually have a working relationship? Is it ever going to work? Well, sometimes, Kevin, if someone is particularly good at something that you work with, you know, that's great because you can mm-hmm. let them get on with that. So you could look at it two different ways, and of all the progressive um, techniques that. Neil Lennon has already admitted he isn't invested in um, are being done elsewhere, then surely that allows the manager to thrive in what he's good at. What is Neil Lennon good at? Is it the man management? Is that what what he pins um, his CV on? Because you were talking there about coming in and being given a coaching team and it's not ideal. Well, I'll tell you who it's ideal for. It's ideal for the man who's appointing you. Because what that tells a man who's appointing you is that that level of control, yeah, that level of control that Brendan Rodgers wanted and didn't get, um, you've got, you've lost that from the very first moment you take charge of the team. So Ronnie Dyler never had any control. Of course he didn't. Neil Lennon's not had any control. So you can take that into the recruitment side of things. You can take it into any kind of influence that you have. The minute you take the job, and you're allowing the CEO or the board of directors to tell you that this is your coaching staff, straight away you're relinquishing a huge chunk of the control that someone like Brendan Rodgers or any of the other elite managers or high-profile managers um, would demand. These guys all are all going to demand a much larger level of control than what Neil Lennon's had and what Ronnie Dyla had and what, you know, um, at the very end that, that Brendan Rodgers realised that he had because he wanted more control, and that's why he's no longer the manager of the football club. Mm-hmm. Brendan's here for 10 in a row. He's long gone. He's long gone. So that's where the boardroom level, that's where the blame and the responsibility lies at boardroom level. The manager, under a certain uh, current circumstances, yeah, he's got to go. The whole coaching team, uh, other than Stevie Woods, I keep saying that, that's the caveat. Uh, but the players, there's a huge responsibility, and someone said here, 
how come the players aren't getting called out? I think we've been trying to do it um, to our audience, certainly here, but in the mainstream, you've got to look at people uh, coming out and, and calling out a lot of these players as well, Kevin. They have let the side down, Lenny down, and us as Celtic supporters have let us down as well. They have, and we've said that for a number of weeks. The players can't be just overlooked in this uh, situation that we find find us in. They're part of the rot. They are part of the rot, and they've got to look within themselves. And I, and not not they don't owe us fans anything. They don't. But they owe themselves something. They owe themselves a professional pride in what they do. And they've got to look at themselves in the mirror and say, am I doing everything I can do for myself? That's the only way you can talk to football players now because they don't really give a, a, a hoot about us, really. Do you think um, the, the situation we're currently in, Kevin, and, and uh, alternative media, I guess it's called, or fan media, if you want to call it that, um, it's criticised time and time again. And uh, there's one thing thing for sure, what we do try and give Celtic fans is a platform for them to come on uh, and, and air their views and their frustrations. And that's exactly what we've been doing over the last few days. I mean, yesterday, in terms of the amount of people that tuned in, it was incredible. And that's because... We can't get to the games. We can't let the players or the board or the management know how we feel. And that, again, is how last night happened. I mean, that the frustration and the anger has all spilled out into uh, what happened last night. Um, so, again, when you're looking at whether or not they care about us, Kevin, I think the lack of communication and the lack of engagement that we have experienced during lockdown has been absolutely unacceptable from the club um, are they only going to get in touch with us to give us a rap on the knuckles because of what happened last night or to sell us uh, Adidas merchandise is that the only time that they're interested in engaging with Celtic fans or at Christmas time where we're, we're trying to push for more sales from the Celtic Superstore because if so they've lost touch with what Celtic are all about there's the reason there's the reason you've hit the nail on the head when Neil Lennon can't be sat he narrated the Christmas video that, mean, that means that's completely out of date. If they sack them, can they use it? They'll need to get some else in. There you go. You've, you've hit the nail on the head right there. Let's have a great Christmas video. Let's buy the Adidas merchandise. They only want us for our money. They only want us for our money. Always, always has been since we became a business. Always has been. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I don't believe or I hope to God that's not the case. And we're holding on to Lenny because he narrated the video because, I mean, we could do a voiceover if they really wanted us to do one. We'll do a voiceover, right? But um, that that's where we are. And uh, am I hearing right? There's, we're at a status quo. Nothing is going to change. Um, how do you think the Celtic fans, Kevin, I'm going to ask you this in all seriousness. How are the Celtic fans going to react to that if not that's the case? Not very well. We're not going to react to it. Very well. Uh, how how can they how can they sit there and watch what we've watched over the last ten games? And that sounds so small when you actually say it. Ten games, but we we can see the bigger picture. They can't see the bigger picture. We can see the bigger picture, and it's nothing to do with blind panic about losing a, a bloody league title. It's a blind panic because. We can't fix anything. We can't stop it. I mean, look, they give they give the players an excuse when they started piping and crowd noises. You hear the crowd noises. How 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 rubbish is that? 
mean, piping in the come on you boys in green. Are the players really missing us that much? That they need to actually have like electronic crowd noises coming into the ground to make them feel at home. It's just it's a farce, an absolute farce. And the self support are not going to react very well to it. No, no, I think you're absolutely right. But at the same time, it's almost as if we're, we're living day to day, and that that's a worry, Kevin, because at this moment in time, without the pick-me-up that uh, any change, you, you see it, you see it, it's often used in relegation battles, they change the manager, they pick-me-up, they win a few games. Um, you know, and a lot of the names I've seen are, are absolute specialists at getting clubs out of an issue, an issue in terms of relegation. Uh, this is different. This is winning the league. It's massively different. Um, and without that, and where everything that's happened, we're going to the San Siro on Thursday night. We're going to the San Siro. We're playing a team that's on form. We are nowhere near being on form. That's a frightening proposition, is it not? See, see if I now got up this morning. Um, I got up this morning wishing I was going to Milan. Wishing we were going to Milan to prove that that um, being a Celtic fan is not just about results. The show of defiance. Let's go to Milan and actually sing that, sing in a beautiful stadium, which is eventually going to be knocked down in the next couple of years, which is an utter disgrace that they're going to knock down that stadium. I wanted to be going to Milan. I wanted to be proving that Celtic's bigger than results. As I say, the show of defiance. I really wanted to be there. But I would be there. Thousands of others would be there, even though the fans treat it, even though the board treat us like utter mugs. And they are treating us like utter mugs at this precise moment in time. This whole season, they've been treating us like mugs. The actual silence on, uh, just give us your season ticket money and we'll work something out further down the line. This sitting on their hands going, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens here. This might get better. Are we, we're fully backing a manager who has clearly lost the, the, the players. The players have clearly lost their spark. And as you say, there's guys out there that could turn this round. These kind of specialists that could turn this round. Whether that's the right choice for us, I, I do not know. Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think so. I just want the Celtic. I just want the Celtic board to make a decision that makes sense and one that I don't need to question. And at the moment, they're making the decision. The contempt from the board won't be quickly forgotten, says Barca Boy. Welcome to the show, uh, Barca. I was just looking through some of the other um, messages that we're trying to manage because obviously people who are not used to, to winning uh, trophies and any level of success um, are revelling in Celtic's uh, demise at the moment. And you know what? In football, Kevin, you expect uh, the usual football kind of tensions and banter and crack and all this kind of stuff. But, you know... This is a Celtic podcast and that's all we want to talk about is, is Celtic. That's all our focus is on. And if you are obsessed with Celtic and you support another club, then it's a fairly tragic uh, life that you lead. And um, We will root you out and you will be blocked, simple as that, because, you know, uh, this is all about Celtic and that's our priority, Kevin. And that's why we are discussing the changes that we feel should be made at Celtic Park. Now, Everybody who's been getting involved, we do read through your messages. It's difficult sometimes to get through as many as we would like. Uh, but I think Barca Boy is speaking for a lot of Celtic fans with his last comment. I need to thank everybody for being involved. I haven't mentioned yet that we do have a quadruple treble charity weekend coming up on the 19th and the 20th. We've got loads. There's a coming together 
the Celtic podcast, Kevin. There's a couple of more podcasts to be announced today. I think we're up at about 18 or 19. We need to get a, a weekend kind of festival poster um, designed just to bring everybody together under the one banner. Um, but it's going to be a great weekend and we want to raise a lot of money. We want to raise a lot of money for charity leading up to Christmas and hopefully we'll be celebrating a quadruple treble that weekend as well. Um, speaking to someone from Hearts, Kevin, the other day, uh, and their biggest fear is that Celtic appoint a new manager before that game. Read into that what you will. Thank you, Kevin Graham, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. You later, lad. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.